Afternoon, you're listening to KFSK News for Wednesday, February 28th. I'm Hannah Floor. Governor Mike Dunleavy is demanding additional concessions from lawmakers before he'll sign a bipartisan education bill. The bill increases state funding, state school funding, and passed both the House and Senate by wide margins. But Dunleavy says it leaves out some of his key priorities. He wants expanded access to charter schools, retention bonuses for teachers, and accountability measures to ensure education funding is well spent. Dunleavy addressed the public in a news conference yesterday. It's half a coin. It's a three-legged horse, meaning it's not going to run very far, all right? But we can fix that. We have 15 days before uh, it becomes law or before I veto. Uh, And I made it clear that um, if there are not certain elements in that bill, uh, it's it's not going to be, I won't won't, uh, sign into law. Uh, I'll veto it. The bill includes a $680 increase to the base student allocation. That's an 11% bump to the biggest part of the state's school funding formula. It would be the first substantial increase since 2016. Lawmakers say the bill would expand access to charter schools with a new appeals process and a state official tasked with supporting charter schools. But Dan Levy says the bill doesn't go far enough. He wants a provision that allows the State Board of Education to directly authorize charter schools and another that provides teachers with bonuses of up to $15,000 per year. Senator Bill Wilikowski, an Anchorage Democrat and Senate Rules Committee chair, says lawmakers removed those two provisions to craft a compromise that could pass the legislature. 93% of the legislature supported the bill. So, um, you know, happy to go back and continue the discussions, but I, I just don't know that there's a whole lot of room there for much, much movement because everybody's given a lot already. And once you start pushing it a little bit further in any direction, you start to lose people in the other direction. Representative Bryce Edgman, a Dillingham independent who caucuses with the Republican-led majority, said he's concerned a renewed fight over education funding could derail other priorities and cloud the future for local school districts. And I know talking to school districts, they were nothing short of elated that the legislature took action and, and um, you know, took, uh, you know, this sort of extraordinary step of providing uh, badly needed resources to many of them who are, you know, really on the edge of uh, financial insolvency. Now, from the governor's comments, best I could tell, we're in limbo land again. Edgman was one of three rural House majority members who opposed the charter school and bonus provisions in a dramatic floor vote earlier this month. Though the bill passed by wide margins, whether lawmakers would vote to override a possible veto is unclear. Dunleavy has until March 14th to sign or veto the education bill. Petersburg's high school basketball players had a packed schedule at home last week, playing against two different teams in four days. The Varsity Vikings won their first two games with the Haynes Glacier Bears, but the home team lost their momentum when Sitka's Mount Edgecombe Braves swept them off their feet. The Lady Vikings only went up against Haynes and lost both their games to the Lady Glacier Bears. KFSK Shelby Herbert has more. 
Petersburg's basketball players hit the ground running last Wednesday night, playing their best games of the week. The Varsity Vikings soundly defeated the visiting Haynes Glacier Bears 62-31. to Rick Brock, who coaches Petersburg's boys' teams, says he was glad to see his players score evenly and hold up a strong line of defense throughout the first game. They're a young team, but they really play well together. So I felt our half-court defense really set ourselves up for our scoring on the offensive end. We got on a transition quite a bit. We also got production from a lot of different players, and that's one of the important things for us. The Vikings took home another victory on Thursday, but it was a close call. They won their second game against Haynes 37-36. to Brock says it was hard for his players to bounce back after their big win the previous night. So it's hard to win two games, especially if you win by a big margin, I found, the first night to come bounce back that second game. And uh, Haynes was very aggressive. They didn't allow us to get out in transition. Their half-court defense was better. And uh, we just struggled to put the ball in the basket. You know, we made a couple of turnovers, but we were able to hold our end uh, and come out with a small victory. But by Friday, Brock says his players had just about run out of steam. The Mount Edgecombe Braves, visiting from Sitka, won the third game 83-57. to And then Sitka won again on Saturday, 70-49. to Nevertheless, Brock is satisfied with how his players held up against the Braves, who are undefeated this season. They jumped on us and, and we never recovered, but I still was happy with the way that we played. The guys seemed pleased with at least their competitive level and um, that they were positive with each other and positive with themselves. Like their counterparts, the Lady Vikings' first game was also their strongest of the week, even though they ended up three points behind the Lady Glacier Bears. Haynes had an early lead, and the Lady Vikings had to fight back the rest of the way. Petersburg's girls were dead even with Haynes in the third quarter, and even outscored them in the second and final quarters. But coach Matt Powick says it was a hole just too deep for his team to climb out of. But I was proud of the girls for how hard they played. Um, ended up being a three-point game, and you know that's really all you can ask for is just to be in the game when the when the final horn sounds. So, and that's a good team. They're the number two team in southeast the lady vikings lost that game 27 to 30 and the following night the proverbial hole for them to climb out of was even deeper powick says they just couldn't keep up when the fleet-footed lady glacier bears recovered their energy the second night we had a heck of a time stopping them. They're a very fast team. They got out a lot of fast break points. Um, it's just one of those nights where we just didn't have it. The Lady Vikings lost their last game 22-46. to But Powick says he doesn't think that last game is indicative of how his players will perform this week or in regionals. The Vikings will play another bout of home games against the Craig Panthers this week, ending on Petersburg's senior weekend. The Vikings' performance will determine their placement in the upcoming regional tournament. If the Lady Vikings win both of their games against Craig, they could make it into the third seed. The Varsity Vikings are slated for second seed, and they're set to play the Wrangell Wolves for their first game in regionals. In Petersburg, I'm Shelby Herbert. Employees of the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium in Sitka have threatened to organize following a recent rollback of their benefits. Over 150 staff members, including doctors, nurses, and technicians, signed a letter on February 15th protesting unilateral changes to Search's paid leave policy. 
The conflict is flaring just days after the organization, which serves communities around Southeast Alaska, announced it was increasing base pay for employees earning less than $25 an hour. Meredith Reddick reports from Sitka. The February 15 letter addressed to search administration was prompted by changes the healthcare nonprofit made to its leave policy that resulted in reduced paid time off for most employees. In an email to staff, Search said the new system would, quote, allow us to better support new hires, ensuring equitable PTO distribution across our team. Although the changes varied based on role and years with the organization, some employees lost about a third of their total paid time off. Primary care physician Bob Hunter, who signed the letter, has worked as a doctor in Sitka since 1980. Under the new policy, he lost more than three weeks of annual leave. My initial concern was that uh, I found out one day that I was having three weeks of my personal leave um, uh, cut for each uh, year. Um, My other concern, though, is about um, younger employees, uh, new hires, and uh, other uh, workers at search and the effect that um, PTO changes were having on them. One technician who also signed the letter and asked to remain anonymous has worked for search for more than a decade. He lost more than two weeks of leave under the new policy, and he says it's not just about vacation. If we get COVID and you need to take extended sick leave or um, the days when you would take time to go subsistence fishing or hunting or anything like that. In their letter to the search administration, employees called the reduction a breach of trust. The letter also indicated that the group was prepared to unionize if needed, writing, quote, we are prepared to organize and act collectively to ensure our working conditions reflect the respect and integrity we deserve. If the group does decide to unionize, they will be joining a growing trend among healthcare workers. The change in search's leave policy came at about the same time that the organization publicly announced it was raising its minimum pay. The February 7 public announcement says, quote, as part of our ongoing efforts to enhance the overall compensation structure, search is proud to announce a new $25 an hour minimum salary for all direct hire employees. It goes on to state that the pay increase is part of a strategic goal to, quote, become the employer of choice. That message may not land with existing staff. Search's top executives draw huge pay. Based on IRS documents, CEO Chuck Clement alone earned $2.4 million in 2022. That's about $1.5 million more than the next highest salaried administrator. Dr. Hunter says he and other letter signers met with search leadership after sending their letter and that his personal concerns have been addressed, but he's still concerned for other employees. I still have concerns about the effect on uh, people who have been here a couple of years, people that hope to stay and have a long career here um, and previously had expectations to have uh, more PTO than they're going to have. The technician who lost over two weeks of leave says he sees the new policy as part of a pattern of decisions from search that have negatively affected employees. Being able to donate leave to coworkers if they have a 
crisis where they no longer have the annual leave to cover them. You used to be able to do that for them rather than them needing to use leave without paying. Um, Search used to have a daycare that was primarily used by employees and then also the community itself after that. Hunter says he hopes for better communication with Search moving forward for the sake of employees and patients. Hoping for better communication between the employees and the uh, and the administration, and that uh, we have more input when uh, decisions are made that that affect us and affect our patients, which is really what it's what it's all about. In response to a request for comment from KCAW, Search Representative Lindsay Schaefer wrote, quote, to better ensure and support a fair and equitable PTO accrual schedule across all positions, Search recently updated the paid time off policy. This update considers the market dynamics, including the cost of living for Southeast Alaska, as well as insights and feedback from our existing employees. In Sitka, I'm Meredith Reddick. The Alaska Department of Fishing Game is prohibiting fishing for ooligan in the waters around Ketchikan for the 2024 season. The announcement was made last week and includes all of Revilla Island's surrounding waterways and nearby mainland drainages. EDF&G cited large fluctuations in run size over the last couple decades as the reason for the season-long closure. And the situation doesn't seem to be improving. Traditionally strong runs, like the one in the Eunuch River near Ketchikan, continue to show poor to moderate returns, though managers admit stock status information is limited. In ADF&G's closure announcement, they added that, quote, a conservative approach is necessary for sustaining and rebuilding the health of these stocks, unquote. Ooligan, also known as candlefish, are a small, fatty species of smelt. The oily little fish makes its way into southeast Alaska's rivers once a year in the spring. They are a prized subsistence resource. Despite the blanket closure of District 1 for all users, the U.S. Forest Service will have a limited subsistence fishery for Ooligan in the Eunuch River. Due to Ketchikan's status as an urban area, a designation currently being contested by the Ketchikan Indian community, Residents are not considered federally qualified and thus are prohibited from the limited eunuch fishery. District 8 further north, which is, encompasses Wrangell, is open for the 2024 season. For KFSK, I'm Hannah Floor.